Hello and welcome to the Light from Light podcast. My name is Brother Thomas Torres. I'm a Dominican friar and a son of the English province. And today we're going to reflect on Mark 2, 15 to 17. And as Jesus sat at dinner in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why does he eat with sinners and tax collectors? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. Why does he eat with sinners and tax collectors? What a suspicious question. Where does this question come from? Why does he eat with sinners and tax collectors? Is he tr- are other Pharisees and the scribes trying to draw Jesus' disciples away from him by giving them suspicious minds? More importantly, do we act with that same suspicion? If you saw a friend eating with a prostitute, what would you think? If you saw a priest having a drink with someone convicted of fraud or money laundering, what assumptions do you think you might make? Would you tell anyone? Would you raise an eyebrow at the company the priest keeps? There can be a certain sort of resentment when we see people treating sin as well. But where does this come from? Because it's clearly not from Christ. This is not how Christ acts towards sinners. How many souls will we save by avoiding sinners or treating sinners with enmity and contempt? And how many will we turn from the gospel? Do we forget that we ourselves are also sinners, ignoring our own sin, thinking, well, I'm not really that bad. I'm not like that man, like the Pharisee and the publican. Thank the Lord that I am not like that man. But of course, it was the other who went home justified. Jesus tells us, those who are well have no need of a physician, but only those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. He calls to them with warmth. He shares a meal with them. He changes their lives by associating with them, by showing warmth and love, rather than by keeping his distance. We also share in the ministry of Christ. We share in his work, a ministry of conversion, of reconciliation, and also of restoration. I'm sure we've all seen friendships destroyed because so-and-so spoke to such-and-such. But what is the effect on people's lives when we gossip or treat others with suspicion, when we follow guilt by association to its logical end? We ruin lives. We put a stumbling block in the way of people recognizing Christ with his church. And do we not recognize that we too are sinners who Christ comes to dine with? Paul at the end of Romans 1 writes about various sins or behaviours which inhibit one from inheriting the kingdom of God. Note this is about inheritance. So this is Paul talking to the baptised. It is by baptism we become heirs. 
So here Paul is making it very clear. He is speaking to those of us on the inside specifically. When he lists these behaviours, he turns in Romans 2 and he says, Do you think you're any better than people who do these things? You presume mercy for yourself, but then deny it to others, even though you yourself commit the very same sins. Paul's point is that none of us are without the need of God's mercy and fidelity that we find in Jesus Christ. The philosopher uh, Jen Frey wrote on Twitter, how many prostitutes are you friends with? Or worse to that effect. Her point was our attitude towards others does not always mirror the attitude of God and that this is a problem. We are to be another Christ. We are to be conformed to him. But in reality, we may be more conformed to the scribes and the Pharisees. There is a French cardinal uh, called Cardinal Jean Danielou, a famous theologian. He was a paratist at the Second Vatican Council. Well, he died visiting a prostitute, giving her money. And you can imagine what people assumed. You can imagine the sort of calumny that uh, occurred around his reputation. And what was actually, in fact, happening is he was giving her money so that way she could bail her husband, who was in prison. And after he died, um, Cardinal Danielou's brother uh, defended him, saying about how, you know, he was always kind to those most in need. But a lot of people took great glee and delight in the fact that a cardinal was found dead in a, in a prostitute's home, or actually, I should say, alleged prostitute's home. They did not assume he was a truly Christian man. But I wonder how many of them, how many of us, would have the courage of Cardinal Danielou. Might I then suggest a few tips for myself as much as for anybody else. Let's try to take the benign interpretation, as the church says that we should. Let's reach out to people who we see are isolated or looked down upon for whatever reason. And let's be quicker to speak well of others rather than ill. We can take some practical steps to, to this effect, taking someone for lunch or coffee if we can. And God bless you.